Jeez, Dad, not the car again. Oh, happens all the time with old Betsy. Have you checked out Carvana yet? They have thousands of cars for under $20,000. But do those thousands of cars have personality like old Betsy? Betsy's held together by tape. And there are raccoons living in the engine. It's a family car. Uh, there are flames on the hood? Ah, custom paint job. No, Dad, the car's on fire. How many cars did you say Carvana had? Visit Carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under $20,000. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. If, if you start dicking about, you're going to get caught with your dick in your hand at one point. When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Slaps, slaps, slaps. Les différents podcasts de frappe. Arsenal have been through their mile and a half of pipe like Andy Dufresne in the Shawshank Redemption where you have to see the light at the end of the tunnel. El podcast de golpe diferente. But Arsenal are going through their pipe, like I say. We'll be back. The Different Knock Podcast. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. I have nothing. An Arsenal podcast <laughs> uh, with Alexander Moneypenny and my very good friend Bradley Adams. Abbles. How are you, sir? I'm good, friend. How are you? It's been far too long since we've shot the shit on the football. Indeed. I, I Yeah, good. Uh, just returned from uh, Italy again. Second time in a month or so. It's very nice. East Beautiful. coast of Italy. I would I would recommend it to anyone. Uh not too expensive. Great food, great people, great weather. Just just banging. Ryanair flights were like thirty quid or something. It's crazy. Oh. Crazy. Crazy, um, baby. So Brab. Brab. That's your new name. So Brab. How have you been enjoying the uh most important part of the football calendar? The Nations League games i have not watched a single game <laughs> what do you mean i've not watched a single game i'm not what i've not watched a single game of nations league or any international well the players it's, look it's up for it. why aren't you yeah they oh look like God. they really want to be there you know it's just glorified friendly bollocks risking it just leave them like leave them alone how much football are we going to get these poor tossers to play in the space of such a short amount of time and give them injuries, for Christ's sake? Yeah, in all seriousness. Th- th- like, what, To be fair, it, it might be a good thing for an England for England fans because with the way that we're playing at the moment, this tournament could get Southgate sacked. Yeah. <laughs> we don't look good. From the clips that I've seen. Yeah, serious doubts. Serious doubts. Um, yeah, I, 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 there is a serious, serious conversation about player welfare. That's got to start. That's got to start somewhere, and 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 I don't know who needs to have it. Whether it's a high profile player coming out and doing like a proper, you know, sit down interview with someone, you know, like a uh, I don't know Gary Lineker or so, you know, someone doing a proper interview with a high profile sort of media personality and saying we've got to do something about this. And it's about it's about the global calendar because we're living in this kind of archaic, single minded Brexit ideology of British <laughs> football is the only bless you thing going on and it's the Champions League it's the World Cup and it's still the 80s and it's like it doesn't happen anymore we've got people from all over the world in this league we've got people jetting off all over the world from England to other leagues and other, other sorts of uh, competitions and fixtures and Afghan and all this sort of stuff and it, we have to update it at some point we have to yeah. accept that we live in a globalised world and accept that the football calendar has to adapt around that and that is going to require a lot of um 
conversations from FIFA, UEFA, and and between them to start. And money talks. So I I, I oh, really gotcha. I think this could end in a real a real crisis in a couple of years. And uh, I hope I hope significant play because player power is at an all time high. So I hope players start to speak out because that's the only real way I can see it changing. And you'll start to see shortened careers and serious injuries to megastars because you can't you can't put that much load into into legs without there being a, a consequence. You know, we we saw that even in a in a shortened season with Thomas Partey. Um, you know, the lack of rotation for him I think had a serious ramification for his injuries this season. Because you can't just expect a player to consistently go and go and go and go again. Do, try, being asked to do one of the most athletic jobs on a football pitch and then not give him any time to rest, really. So it's it's got to happen. And hopefully it happens sooner rather than later. And ho- I, what I'm hoping is that it'll, you know, the fact that, that, that we've stopped a Premier League season to host a World Cup in Qatar... I hope that that will be a driving force between, well, we can stop a Premier League season when you want to, because you want to put on a World Cup and champion diversity and equality and then put it in a country that will behead gay men and gay women for being them. But you won't change the football calendar to protect the people that make you your money. So hopefully this kind of shows that there is there's room to have these conversations yeah um, um and money talks money talks like i think on the party thing you know there's there's conversations of course you can have around squad building but there's a wider picture here and this is completely anecdotal but i have a feeling we're getting more and more players just breaking down as in terms of the actual injury stats of like rather than impact injuries i mean like you know basically muscles just tiring out and and either snapping or you know like a lot more muscular injuries i feel are happening that could be total bollocks but i feel as though in terms of arsenal's you know i look i think back and i think okay you know certain players had problem areas on their on their legs or whatever you know abu diaby or wilshire's ankles or whatever and i feel like we're seeing more and more muscular injuries that could be complete bollocks i don't know but i'd be really interested in the stats um around that but yeah uh look We'll move on from that because I don't want to be too depressed in this. We're going to get to a keep sell loan because we yeah. are children. We look at squads like that, but I think it. Do you know what? It's it's an interesting um, way of starting conversations around around the squad and how we approach this summer. And as kind of slapstick as that sort of we're putting them in categories is, I do think it starts a lot of very very interesting conversations, which we will have. This will be interesting, listeners. Um, nothing really going on in the transfer market in terms of anything solid conversations around Xhaka potentially off to buy Leverkusen quickly sort of uh, dumbed down I feel like there's a new article every week uh, saying something you know I saw one from the mirror earlier which was Arsenal striker hunt continues as Suarez is available I'm like that is the biggest stretch <laughs> don't don't do this like come on guys like it, it's just it's it, it really is silly season and we're in the thick of it, and I, I just I can't wait for the internationals to be over. People get back on the on the planes to their you know either either on holiday or they get back to to preseason after that, and and serious conversations can start to be had. Um, 
one point around sequencing before we do jump into the keep so alone thing brad and i'm interested in your thought on this i do think there's a lot of anxiety about how things play out and i understand it because i think what you want obviously when the window opened two days ago day one you want your top targets acquired and you want the you know the sort of maybe the more um squad type players that i'll put them in that category for now done you know they can be done in in terms of you know a little bit later on in the window and people that kind of accept that but they want the sort of the the main targets in and i just i i can never get out of my mind the odegaard situation and how we had to wait for that to to play out um it's a higher risk strategy but it was a high reward strategy which we which we got the benefits of and i think it's really important to remember when we are living through the window in the moment, how we regard other windows, we had to get we had to wait till Thomas Partey's uh, release clause on the final day of the the summer window twenty twenty, and you know as I say, he could be one of our most important players. So it's well, we I didn't have to think, wait for that. We didn't have to, but we, we, decide, I guess we, were, we were trying yeah. to we were trying to negotiate. It's, it's also difficult, yeah, and but it's I think it's also it's difficult to negotiate with someone else when you're going to go and slap fifty million down on a release clause. So if you're trying to buy a player and penny pinch, say, for example, over here in the French league for someone, for a defender, a striker, a midfielder, whoever, and you're trying to negotiate a price and then you go and slap down 50 big ones, it, it creates an image. And then the club you're negotiating with knows that there might be more money available to them. Yeah, I think that's a part of it. More the point I was trying to make was that that sequencing... I think fans get really frustrated about that. And I think it's always important to take a window as a whole or try and look at windows as a, as a, as an opportunity and a kind of, you know, you want to put it in some marathon, not a sprint, but it ultimately it's an opportunity to, to work the market and benefit ourselves in the most important, uh, interesting and, and dynamic way possible. Obviously dream situations, you have your first 11 or, you know, at least your first 15 or what might be 17 or 18, day one of the, of the league season. And I think we're living through it. We really want that. But I'm also prepared that if it gets us the right players in to play the market a little bit, and I think I can already feel a bit of anxiety creeping in that things haven't really moved. Um, and that's just natural. I think that's fans. But yeah, what's your what's your take on that? Um, I think it it's, it's situationally dependent. For example, Erdegaard was a situation where it was either Real Madrid don't sell him or it, it wasn't, they, there wasn't lots of clubs looming. He had a few years left on his contract. It was kind of a situation where either we get him or he stays at Real Madrid. Where the difference is, is our two main targets, if we're taking kind of um, the journo gossip as, as kind of Bible, are Tielemans and Jesus, both who have a year left on their deal, both who look pretty certain to leave their clubs. And whilst I'm less worried about Tielemans, Jesus, there is there is a real market right now for versatile forwards um, who can play both off the right, which he said he enjoyed doing, and play through the middle. And there are quite a few destinations that are possible. For example, you know, Real Madrid was being talked about. I know that Romano's come out and said that they're not in the race anymore. I think that's a lot to do with their, they've already got quite a few non-EU players and they, I think they'd have to get one of them a, a European passport. But it, it becomes a situation with certain deals where there, are, there feels like there's vultures flying overhead 
And it becomes a question of, is the £10 million difference or the €10 million difference that seems to be the problem worth losing the player over? Is And and you have to look at the market for that. Because, for example, if there was a wealth of opportunities that would bring us the same things as Gabriel Jesus right now, 25, coming into his prime, positionally versatile, already worked under Arteta and Premier League proven. If there was a wealth of that mould in uh, available, I'd say, absolutely, you play the market. But sometimes there isn't a market to be played. The striker market at the moment is very, very tight not, and not tough. much value. There's not much value. There's n- no. And... You know, you're looking at Darwin Nunes, who has had a good season and done some quite good things in certain big moments, going for a near, going for what, 100 million euros. So you have to be realistic about what you're moving and when you're moving it. And if I'm looking at this situation where Arsenal had he had Gabby Jesus with a year left on his contract and he wanted to leave, I think I'd be demanding the 55, 60 million euros that they're asking us to pay. And I, I think that we should just pay it because the, the the risk is you lose that target and then where else do you look? You end up looking at a much younger, much less proven striker who's only going to cost a little bit less than that. You know, the, the figures for Scamacha are, are, are being touted at possibly even 40 million euros. So I I agree with you that with certain deals, there is definitely time and an angle to patience. But with certain ones, it does become, if if you start dicking about, you're going to get caught with your dick in your hand at one point and not know which <laughs> way's up. Like you are, you are. If you start fucking about, you're going to be caught short eventually. And in the market, there are not a lot of options. And we had the chance to bring in Tammy Abraham last summer. We didn't do it. We we did other deals in the window, whether you think that they were more important or less important deals. I don't think we now have the opportunity to be unbelievably patient and picky because I can see Gabby Jesus ending up at Madrid, playing off their right wing for a season and then moving into the centre when Benzema leaves. I can see if Inter come back in with the, the classic Italian um, accounting offer of a three-year loan deal for Lukaku and then a 40 million obligation to buy um, that he goes and plays off of somebody at Chelsea. I can see him going to lots of different clubs. There is a space for him at lots of different clubs. The only thing that Arsenal have going for them at the moment is there's a space open for him at the club now. You know, Chelsea's dependent on moving on somebody. Real Madrid's dependent on on getting somebody's passport sorted. We're the we are the perfect club to go in there and say, "Here you go, City. Is your fifty five million euros, Gabby? You've worked with this guy before. He has a perfect position for you in the team. You're going to start every week. This would be really, really good for you." And put the offer on the table and say, "We want you to come. This is what we want." And if he turns it down, then that's fine. But the haggling is the problem for me. I think I take a slightly different stance on that. I, I, I think you can get into specifics with every single case and and go, oh, wasn't the Odegaard one perfect? Or oh, if, if only we'd 
offered an extra little bit of money for Luis Suarez, what position would we be in? And all of those probably have their own individual um, situations that you can look at and, and base your merits on and cast your judgment on. And some of them are good, some of them are bad. I just think in the market, I do think there's a quite a fan-led thing where we're basically working off information we don't know. <laughs> like this is this is the problem with all the, the stuff in the market. It's easy to to analyze the game because it's in front of you. You can watch it. You know exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. With the market, it's very difficult to analyze because you don't know what people are doing. And for example, like you know, we we talked this week about the Eddie Nketiah thing. It's like why is that not been announced? Has he not signed it? If he hasn't signed it, it's been a what you know, nearly a month since since the contract supposedly was offered. Arsenal have confirmed they offered the contract. So what's what's going on there? But then you go, okay, but we wouldn't want to offer Eddie a contract that was stupid. It might take time to work it out. If if we announced that we were giving him, you know, 120 grand a week instead of 100 grand a week because they managed to negotiate up, we'd all be in, up in arms. So this is the issue, and and I think I think fans in general get pretty impatient and i and i just have to say for me personally i'm willing to wait i'm willing to go if if we get if we get the deals done let's be clear if we fumble the bag on jesus or or whoever our first target is then yeah i'm not interested i don't like it but but if we have to wait another couple of weeks to get you know that release clause slightly pushed up or whatever it is in any specific deal i don't mind it and i think i think playing the market and being clever is something we haven't done for a long time. So we're kind of in a bit of a state of trauma where we're basically going like, please just get it done, get it done kind of thing. And I, and I get that, I get that. But, you know, I think we're starting to look smarter. I've heard about, you know, um, a potential partnership with Sao Paulo, potential partnership with Feyenoord. It looks as though we're starting to get our our ducks in a row in the market. And I'm not saying that's proven at all. Not at all. Uh, you know, we're no Liverpool yet just because we haven't got the track record. Um, but there's space for it and there's an opportunity for it. Um, uh, and I, I understand your thoughts on Jesus and and specifically on him. I'd love him because I think he's perfect for us. I don't see where he goes if it's not Arsenal. As you say, Real Madrid is the passport issues Chelsea, there's a lot of uncertainty, and that's a that's a that's a tight forward group, especially in the number nine area. You could have Werner, Havertz, Lukaku, any of those. Um, I don't know what's going to happen, but basically, there's a lot of uncertainty there. Arsenal have released Lacazette, who was one of our only nines. Jesus knows he's going to play there, and he can see the slots. Uh, Tottenham are looking like they're going to get Richarlison, and I can't see him go to United. So I, I feel with that one, there is maybe value in going sooner and just getting it done. Um, but again, we don't know what the the price is going to be, and that's and that's the difficulty. Is we there's so much we don't know, and we're just here with no announcement, yeah. filling in the blanks. Do you know what I mean? I mean, there's been reported, you know, and and that that's where it's difficult. You have to kind of have a look everywhere, see the rough figures, and and kind of come to an amalgamation of what seems correct in your head. Um, it's all it is all specific situational though. And I think because Arsenal do not have a number nine at the moment. And, you know, if I'm right, I have a bit of a theory on Eddie that this contract is purely for tribunal purposes, that if he goes to a Palace or a West Ham, we get a higher um, a higher fee. We could be left with li- with zero number nines and having missed out on our last two number one targets for the number nine slot. That's really not a good look for me. And I start to question the ability of, of p- the people doing the business. 
because it's all well and good waiting just in case of a certain contract renewal. Uh, you always run the risk. It, it's like running the gauntlet. You always run the risk of getting hurt, but you have to take measured moments of when it's smart to do that. With Erdegaard, it was smart because there were other options in the market. We had Smith Rowe. Okay, I don't think we would have done anywhere near as well this season without him. But there was always, you know, the upside that if we missed out on him, we could move on to other targets. This market for strikers is empty, really, when it comes to high quality level players. We have to be careful not to shackle ourselves to have to overspend on a youth prospect because we don't just move quicker. Um, And, you know, like you said, Arsenal haven't exactly been known for doing smart things in the market on occasions. So I do think that there is definitely a certain amount of trauma to it. But now that there's no international break, you know, clogging the way, that Gabby Jesus deal is the one that I feel should be getting done within a week, like sooner rather than later. Just pay the money because otherwise, what, where else are you going to go? What else are you going to do? With Tielemans, you can go to Fabian Ruiz. You can go to, there are so many central midfielders on the market, it seems at the moment. Conrad Lima, Frankie de Jong, for Christ's sake. There's so many different opportunities for a midfielder. There isn't for a forward this season. We need to get our ducks in a row and get that deal done. Yeah, as you say, there's very little value in the market. I think at the moment, there's no there's no proven strikers who who are banging 25 goals in who are 25. You're getting for 50 million. It's not it's, not, it's just not happening. So no. you know, and every everyone is either a punt or a massive probably overpay. You know, you look at Liverpool, what Liverpool are doing with Nunez, and if they think he's worth that in the market, considering what's around, then maybe that's a that's a something we should look at. Um, yeah, with on the Eddie thing. It is interesting because I've never seen us confirm that we've offered a contract to someone before. So uh, I just, I don't know. And I think because it, uh, maybe I'm, I'm doing the exact thing I, I described where I'm just getting anxious and going, what's going on with that? But I do, I do, I do, I don't think there's not legs, they go double negative, to your, uh, to your theory. We've had a question in from AD. He says, Mikel Arteta has said that we need to score 100 goals to realistically compete for the league. Last season, we scored 61. So how do you think we can realistically reach that target? Can we do so without signing a £70 million uh, plus centre forward? Or do we have to wait two, uh, Do we have to wait on Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe to further develop and score 20 plus each? Is it 100 goals in the league or 100 goals in general? I think over, I think overall because I, I I can't just how many goals did Man City score in the league last year? Oh my god, ninety nine in the league. Yeah, it is in the league. Jesus Christ, that's that's crazy. So we're lich almost a half away from that many goals. And I don't believe you need to score a hundred goals to win the league. I think you know they they sometimes they win goal games by like five or six. So you know it's it's just one of those things. But but we need to get much closer to that number. Um, yeah. I I I can't see us adding someone who gets 30 goals next season. I just can't. What I can see happening is us adding two players who give us 15 to 20 and then Saka and Martinelli stepping up. But that is the most optimistic version of it. You know, I I or as in could give us 15 to 20 and Saka and Martinelli 
and Smithrow and Erdegaard and whoever stepping up a bit more. Um, but again, as I say, that is the most optimistic version of it. I just can't see us signing someone who's going to bang 30 goals and, you know, we get a few more around and we're, we're at 90 or 100. I, ju- I just... I just don't think it's going to happen, and I don't. As we said, it, it's all in relation to the, the 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 striker market, right? Tammy Abraham for eighty million, whatever that's going to be. I I still don't think he bangs you thirty goals. You know, he might get fifteen, twenty, but in a, in a good season. Skamaka's going to be a bit of a punt. Jesus, not proven goal scorer, but I think he's the right guy for us because of his versatility and his profile, and he's played with us before. And then name me someone who you think is going to get 30 goals in the Premier League next season who isn't Haaland. Do you know what I mean? Or Mbappe. It's like it's not going to happen. So um, not many people get 30 league goals. The most goals in the in in a, in a Premier League season tends to be kind of between the 20 and 25 mark. So it's about having a lot of players who can chip in regularly with kind of quality and, and quantitative numbers. If you had a 20 goal a season Premier League striker and then got 15 from Martinelli, 10 from Saka, 10 from Smith-Rowe, 6 or 7 from Erdegaard, 2 or 3 from Xhaka, you know, 5 from a new central midfielder, 5 again from, from Gabriel. That number starts totting up to the kind of 70s, 80s very quickly. A couple from Ramsdale. Um, yeah, a couple from Ramsdale from goal kicks. Uh, I, I, I think 100 goals is something to focus on when we're starting to really challenge for the league, I think we do need to see a goal scoring improvement next season, kind of the 60, 70 mark and kind of pushing up much more towards 80. But um, I wouldn't be hyper-focused on, and I've always said, as soon as we get a decent player through the middle, Saka's um, numbers will go up. So will Martinelli's because they're so easily marked out of a game this season because you know, Lacazette was just offering no centrality. So they could send two sen- two two defenders to each of them and just mark them out of the game. Well, he was offering centrality, but it was on the it was on the centre spot. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it, it was nowhere near zone fourteen or anything like that. So um yeah, let's let's leave it there on the on the transfer stuff uh for now, unless there's anything I I we st- you know, it's still twelfth of June. You know, we're not in the heat of it. Market only think, opened um, on what this what was it, the sixth? 10th. 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 Um, it's been open two days. Told you that last podcast as well, Brad. Listen. The only finished yes, yesterday. Um, yes, was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. The yeah, 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 yeah. We're in that awful bit where there's really no football and people are just like speculating on everything. Uh, let's go to Keep So Lone. Okay. Uh, keep So Lone for the Arsenal squad for this season. I think we should do just the players who played for us this season because i think if we get into loan stuff we're we're firstly going to be here for five hours and a lot of those are very i, I didn't watch enough of them so you know I, I i'm i'm interested in the likes of seeing what reese nelson can do balligan is an interesting one Torreira even Maitland niles who knows i think saliba will come back but we're we're i'd be guessing to to, to analyze their performance this year and be able to um yeah, be able to to analyse them. I would literally be 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 chatting shit, so I can't do that. And some of it's also clear, like you know, Bellerin should go, Torreira should go, Maitland-Niles should go. So there's no point talking about it. Let's let's start with the goalkeeping group. Uh, okay, Bernd Leno. I I'm going to say sell. 
Uh, it looks as though Fulham might be interested. Do you know what? I, I feel sorry for Leno in some ways because I think he basically missed... Was he 29, nearly 30? He might actually be 30. And he's 29 and 2. Sorry. Um, he, I think he basically missed the kind of generation who really started playing with the ball at their feet really early. And so he is... I really think he is in the top maybe 10 keepers even in the world for shot stopping. I think he is an extraordinary shot stopper. But that is not the only part of a goalkeeper's job these days. And when you're not facing 30 shots from Watford, who and I Emery, he's cut... No, not he's not redundant. He's a very, very good goalkeeper. But I think he, if he goes to somewhere like a Fulham... Uh, who are going to face a lot of shots on goal? I think he could be looked at as a, a you know, what, a kind of the, you know, the San, Robert Sanchez type categories of fucking hell. What a great keeper for that level. Um, I think it's a sell for me. What about you? Absolutely. I agree. And Arsenal be lambasted for letting him go. But he, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a very good shot stopper whose statistics show that he saved us conceding four goals over his tenure. And when you consider the volume of shot, and the amount of goals that we were leaking when he was, you know, at his best under Emery, that kind of stat doesn't even even do him justice for how good he was at keeping us in games. Um, he just isn't a modern keeper. And, you know, if he had a little bit more about him with his feet, he would be up there with some of the best in the world. Really would, because his shot-stopping ability... You know, if you look at that save from Lukaku at the beginning of the season, it is, it's unbelievable stuff. But unfortunately, Arsenal have progressed forward in a way that requires us to have somebody who can use their feet. And he is, he just isn't that anymore. So it's definitely a sell. Maybe to Fulham would be a good idea. I think he should also look at maybe going back to Germany. We need to be getting starting to get good fees from these players, though. Somewhere between ten and fifteen million pounds for a, for a player of his quality should be like the minimum. Yeah, I, I still think we're paying for the mistakes of the past. If he was on a three-year deal, we'd probably be getting that. But um, anyway, uh, Ramsdale, it's a keep. Obviously, uh, keep. He is a keeper. So bad joke. Uh, yeah, I, I not much to say on this. I mean, the quality he added this season was was immediate from from the moment he came in. Um, I think he, I think there was a there was a podcast that I said he looked made us look like Edison. Uh, him, we made him look like Edison, and obviously the the team basically went there. You go, like you know, maybe there's something there. Credit to them, character wise, he's top top top. Um, slightly worrying drop off in form towards the end of the season but look he you know we watched the save uh, he made against uh, who was it uh, Italy last night and Madison's you oh. know, and, and the Madison save yeah. you know it's you know there's a very very talented goalkeeper there who is very good with his feet um, and we're going to have blips so yep yeah, keep you yep yeah, agree great a conquo um have to say, never seen him play a minute of professional football, so very hard. You've seen him in real life and said he is absolutely massive. Um, I am going to say loan. I think it's already loan. come out that they're going to send him out on loan and keep Carl Hine this season. So I would agree, gets him some professional football. There's only so like there's no, there's only so long you can keep somebody as that third choice, not getting any minutes without really stagnating their development to the point where it's 
pointless keeping them as their choice because they're not good enough if they were called upon. Yeah. So you do have to continually do this, this kind of rotation of loans. So I think that getting him out for a season would be a good idea. Somewhere in the championship, I think. Yeah, I think uh, Kevin Betsy's just gone to Crawley Town. So, that, you know, considering he'll have a close relationship with him, I think that could be an interesting one if he stays there for a while. Having sort of lower league clubs that we know we can send players to is is really, really useful. Uh, yeah, so that's that's the goalkeeping group done. I think it's probably the most straightforward of, of all the groups um, and probably the one where everyone knows basically what's going to happen. Let's do forwards next. Let's do forwards. Let's, let's spice it up. You love to jump around, don't you? Well, the thing is, I don't want to be predictable, Brad. Never let them know your next move. Squirrel. Rainbows. Okay. Lacazette. Lacazette has gone. He has left the building. Nicola Pepe. It's a sell, isn't it? Come on. If you can get if you can get twenty, I'd be pleased. If you if you can get 25. twenty, mate. If you can get twenty, you should be running Arsenal. Honestly. <laughs> I would be buzzing with twenty. Buzzing. The way that the way that you know we've we have given a lot of credit to the way that we've handled assets recently. The way that we've handled this asset has been bad. The lack of minutes. The you know he came on in that Wolves game and did very well, and then didn't play again for six games. Really, like I think that there's been a I don't know if there's been something behind the scenes or whatever, but the way that we've handled this asset, there's only you know there's only so much that you can torch your own money before you start to you have to look at yourself and go what the fuck are you doing um but he's, he's we've just got to get him out get the wages off try and get a fee in and accept that it was a big mistake and accept that you know after having what was a decent end to the season last year not involving him really in any meaningful way this year was also a mistake but you know, we you live, you learn, you move on, and it's time for him to move on. Yeah, I can't, I can't say more than that. Yeah, I think, I think maybe there was conversations where he could have come on for Saka a bit more this season and certain games, um, especially with how knackered Saka looked by the end of the season. Yeah, I, I think a little bit more rotation would have been nice, but it's it wasn't to be. Let's do Martinelli. Martinelli, obvious keep. I think, uh, surely, and, and I wouldn't even even if there was a big a big offer, a 60, 70 million coming in for him. I, I really wouldn't consider that because what name me another left winger of his quality at his age who we could get for that, you know, 60, 70 million. Obviously, if someone comes in for 150, which no one will, you 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 take it. But but I think um, he's kind of not untouchable, but he is really cementing his place on that left-hand side. I would be surprised if he regresses because he just doesn't give me that kind of vibe. You see what I mean? He doesn't give me the sort of the idea that he's going to be, he's going to be thinking, oh, I've I've got my place and now I can sort of stagnate. I think he is. Re- I think he might become sort of main man material at some point next season. I'm not oh saying yeah. Consist- not saying consistently, but he might be someone who pulls us through a sort of three four game stretch. Um, yeah, it's an obvious keep for me. What about you? Yeah, love him. Uh, get him a new deal. He's, you know, I think he's he's pretty much, I think we obviously need somebody to rotate with him, but he's cemented that left-hand position as his own. Unbelievable player. Yeah, there's nothing else to really be said. Eddie and Ketia. Probably the first really tricky one. I, I'm going to say loan. <laughs> 
I'm going to sell, uh, say, let's pull it for you, sell. I get well, the argument. release. Him. Well, yeah, release. I get the arguments to keep him. I really, really do. And if we do keep him, I'm not mad about it. I'm not, I'm not going to be sat here saying the club have fucked it and whatever. I just think in terms of the makeup of our squad, what do we need at centre forward? If we got Jesus and a tall line leading centre forward, like like a Calvert-Lewin, I'm not, you know, it's just an obvious name that comes to mind, but someone in of his ilk in his profile, I think that would make a lot more sense for us than keeping Nketiah, who is a decent all-round centre forward, could have been on a hot streak, on high wages, though I do think he's kind of worth it over over a period of time, but it does put him in a certain bracket, which then the likes of Sacra Martinelli are going to be asking for you know certain things, which probably they would have before, but it gives a precedent. And maybe I'm doing a grass is greener thing, but I do just think surely there is a better option for us in that attacking group of Martinelli, say, Saka, Jesus, plus two. And I just think there's there's got to be a better option there than, than Eddie and Katia. Um, yeah, I, so I personally would release not... Not against it though. I think he he if he pushes on, I mean he could it could be an unbelievable signing. I agree. I think you have to look at the the, the clubs that are interested in him, and they're an, they are an obvious step down, and that says something. Um, I just think we Arsenal have done some amazing work in saving a hell of a lot of money and getting certain big players out of the out of the door so that we can save on the wage bill and, you know, getting this squad in a situation where we can now add those cogs. Eddie Nketiah is more likely to be Joe Willock than he is to be a superstar. How many times have we seen a player come into a team, do well, and then do nothing? You know, the season later, Joe Willock Lingard for Christ's sake at West Ham I I just think it it's a bit redundant I, I don't see I, I mean he's he's decent he can link okay he's fast but a lot of his goals also were fortunate at points and obviously you need good fortune but how many times are we going to have that you know Chelsea goal both of his Chelsea goals really you know fall into his path and, and be perfect. Um, and then as soon as they stop falling for him, what does he become? And at a hundred thousand pounds a week, you, I really start to consider whether, even though it would be more expensive for Arsenal to go out and get say a Skamaka or a, a Calvert-Lewin and then put them on comparable wages. There, I think it just, it works a lot better than keeping a player who's just as like it's it's a real gamble it's a massive gamble to put him on that bigger wage and i don't know if it's a gamble that would come off i'm it's not it wouldn't be the worst move in the world but it it, it would be it wouldn't uh, for me it wouldn't even be fine it would just be a bit disappointing and would show a real lack of ambition because, you know, I saw a load of tweets going around saying, oh, you know, people saying that Arsenal aren't being 
ambitious by signing down a, a great young English prospect who's just scored five in six in the league. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, how many, t- how many times have we seen this story and how many times has that player gone on to be the next big global superstar? He's not young. He's 23 years old. We know what Eddie Nketiah is and he is not at the level that we're wanting to go to. So why are we keeping him around is my question. Because once players starting 23, 24, they start to really bed into the players that they're going to become. And I kind of look at other 23-year-olds around Europe and I go, he is not doing things that they are doing and not achieving things that they are achieving. I wonder whether this is a hot streak and just time to move on. But I would release him. Yeah, I think the comparison to other sort of 23-year-old strikers is a big thing. And, you know, if you're going to put him on those wages, I presume if he is signing the deal, then they're giving him assurances about playtime. I appreciate he can play from the left, but, you know, it's like... We've got it. We've got it. I, I really appreciate some some versatile players, and I think we should always have sort of two or three versatile players in the squad in every sort of group. But you can't just keep having every single player be well. They can play from the left and the right, and the, it's like at some point you've got to have people who are specialists in certain positions or play in a certain position most of the time. And if he's going to be number nine all the time, I'm not for it. So, and then I go, every move's a gamble. And we're going to be making a gamble on this, but how do you reduce the the risk on a gamble? How do you reduce the 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 unknowns in a gamble? You need a larger sample size than we have with Eddie and Katia. I'm sure he's a great trainer. I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm sure he's a uh, lovely to have around the, the training ground. But we're not a charity. We're a fo- we're a football club, and you know it's. I just don't feel as though it's. I think you're right. It just doesn't show, uh, and, and maybe you know this is this is stupid and kind of soft factory. But I also just don't think it sends a message. I just think you know fans turning up and seeing Inkatia again next year. It's just a kind of like, oh, here we go again. You know, we, we feel like we're going to see this again, and, and maybe he takes this huge leap forward and is is the Mbappe of of North London. But I I can't see it happening. And um, yeah, I think uh, I think we're both on release for. Uh, and Katia. Okay, we've done the goalkeepers, the forward group. Let's go back and do defenders. There's a couple that I think are, are just dead certs: Ben White, keep Gabriel, keep yeah, Tommy Asp, yep. keep. I, I don't even think they're worth committing yep. particularly. I think there's there's things on in all of those camps that are um, that are worth discussing. I think you know, uh, I think there's conversations around. Ben White and I really do hear the arguments around the sort of 50 million could that have been spent better thing I I, I really hear those uh, I think Gabrielle's got a sort of growth um, period to go through but yeah I, I, I don't think there's much discussion around those I, I think unless they're, point, they're, they're pointless to go through because yeah. like as much as we can now look back on it and go we could have bought Tammy Abraham and we probably would have got top four we didn't it's done we now have Ben White let's move on hang on it's not working. I was trying to play the fucking grandmother. <sighs> My grandmother Kieran Tierney. It's keep unless a good offer comes in. If you're talking about 50 million quid, then 
sell it and buy someone else. But if you're, other than that, I wouldn't be actively looking to sell Kieran Tierney this summer. I think it depends on what we, is there a left back who comes in on top of Tierney, who is first team quality, who is the guy that comes in and is our, is our guy in that position and can be available more than Kieran Tierney? If so, you do it. I am in sell because I just, he's been here, what, now three seasons. And he's a good player. There is no doubt he's a good player. But he's a straight lines player, similar to Bayerin. I don't see his kind of, he's very quick, but he's quick in straight lines. I don't see how quick he is in terms of his agility, in terms of his his uh, sort of movement um, in tight, not tight spaces, in, you know, quick acceleration or getting off the mark or getting, you know, going from a standing start. Um, he can't come inside. He's not comfortable in the midfield. He's not the best left back in the world at getting forward. He's really good, top class at it, but not, you know, he's not incredible. And he would definitely be helped by a, t- a taller forward and more consistency on the left-hand side, 100%. But he's not, he's not, the trend of left backs. Um, so I'm starting to think he limits us. He's not available half the time. He's, I think he's missed like, you know, in that, in those three seasons, he's missed, I think something like a season and a bit of football. And there are important times in the year. I hope he, I hope for his sake, he at some point has an injury free season is unbelievable is exactly what we need. We do play a lopsided system and it doesn't matter that the left back can't do the things that the right back can do. And that's how we want to play. And it really works. And fantastic. Kieran is our captain. There we go. I just don't think that's going to happen. I just don't think it's going to happen. And I don't think he's going to become that player at Arsenal. I just don't see it happening. So I'm going to say sell I, I, to a point. Like, you know, if, if, we, if we were offered 20 mil and we took it, no. But anything above like 35, 40 million, I'm, I'm really looking at that. I think 40 million is the floor. I don't think you actively look to sell him though, I, especially with the situation we have with the other left back. It's not like we have a cover that we would be perfectly okay having step in. And obviously we'll probably come on to Nuno and we'll probably both have the same opinion. But I do think that if this, if the if the cover option was fine, I'd say okay. But I'm already looking at it and going, we, if we sell Tierney, we need to get two left-backs in. And getting two left-backs in is stupid. So I wouldn't actively look to sell him this summer. I'd bring someone in who could definitely challenge him. And I think that if Zinchenko is available and happy to play left-back, even though he's not a priority, I'd really consider bringing him in. And I'd really consider starting him over Tierney. But if he's not, bring in somebody of a, of a decent age, you know, looking at... 2021 20, who is proven a bit more than uh Nuno is and allow Tierney this next season because otherwise we're kind of cutting our noses off to spite our face we're doing a Ben White and we're bringing in players and we're forcing ourselves to have to bring in players in positions that we we don't need them and it might hamper our recruitment elsewhere. It's much more important that we get good forwards in and good midfielders in and a, and a, a second option at left back rather than giving us the headache of finding our first choice left back again. 
Yeah, I, I hear it's not a priority. I really do, and it's it wouldn't it wouldn't be, you know, it, it really it really wouldn't be the, the first thing I did. I, I did. I just if it's all dependent on a big big offer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 say for example, we did get an Aaron Hickey in this summer. That's still not enough at left back. If, if, and I think we're probably both going to say Nuno to go out on loan. Um, that's that's not going to be enough at left back. But say say we got Zinchenko and Hickey. Don't think it's going to happen. Tierney can go. Tierney can go. Yeah, of I, course. I think, I think basically I, I, I'm hearing on Twitter that Hickey is is going to happen. Uh, Grimes, who's uh, sort of a slightly sort of gorilla um transfer account that gets a lot right called the Harlan thing like two years ago like gets a lot a lot of information right says says hickey is done very clearly he's like yeah it's done all terms agreed nothing nothing to worry about there so maybe it's a international thing i don't know i i, I don't know what we'll hear i think the club are a lot more um quiet around, around their transfer window stuff this uh this time around or in this current executive setup we've seen them for example Rich, richard garlic supposedly leaked the madison news um to to sort of give a misdirection so who knows but i think if hickey comes in we're sort of going right he could be he's at least cover for the right right fullback you know for cedric who might be going and he may be able to take over from tierney but let's let's see um i think it's one to watch that position really is one to watch all tierney has a great season and and he's great but i just i can't see it and tactically i'm he's not the perfect fit for me so so that's where the questions come in Let's move on. Uh, Tavares, because we were basically just on him, let's do him. Loan. 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 Um, the most obvious move of the whole thing. Yeah, I think he's, he's got to go on loan. I think he's got to play a whole season, make some mistakes. I'd like to see him at left back, not a left wing back. Um, possibly in Italy, somewhere where the game's a bit slower, a bit more tactical, a bit more about your positioning. Um, I think he could be really special. Uh, Something to look at with him as well. He's 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 played more minutes this season in the Premier League than he did in the Primera Liga in his career. So, you know, it 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 was obviously going to be a steep learning curve. He obviously wasn't up to the task this year. That's fine. Get him to one of the top five leagues that slows things down a bit. I think Atalanta is a great move for him. Uh, Gasparini, great manager. I'm pretty sure he's still there. Um be a bit embarrassed if he's not but um they play good football and i think that he could you know really work with nuno make him a great attacking outlet because the physical profile's there and if he just got a bit more coaching into him on the attacking side and the defensive side a bit more awareness he'd be he'd be fucking great so get him out on loan get him a season's worth of football get him around other professionals and then we can deal with the tierney thing when he when he gets back yeah, you know, we can decide what we're going to do, or or it's a loan. He goes out, and smashes it, and we sell it. We sell him. Yeah, and we we you know, both options are fine. He either becomes a fucking world beater, or we sell him. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, but it's just important to get that done. Yeah, uh, I'd personally prefer Tavares to play left back. Uh, Gasparini is still at Atalanta, by the way. Um, I'd personally prefer him to play just a proper left back because I think that's how we're going to play. However, the most important thing is for him to play minutes. And it's not as if as a wing back, he'll never defend. It might just be a thing no. about getting minutes, getting confidence, uh, playing a lot and just just getting getting football in his legs. And, and, and that's uh, that, that's probably the most valuable thing. Um, 
Let's move on in the interest of time. Rob Holding, I'm keeping. Keep. What's what's the point yep. in getting rid of him? Um, even if another centre-back comes in, as supposedly we're looking at another left centre-back, a fifth choice. He's perfect for certain game states, really good around the um, around the dressing room and the, and the training ground, supposedly. If he doesn't want to leave, he signed a new deal not, not too long ago. I, I can't remember when it ends, 2024 maybe. Um why get rid? I, I think, you know, what's he's not eating massive wages or anything and he seems seems happy, so keep him around. Agreed. Cedric Suarez, get rid. Get rid. Yep. Get rid. I don't, get a Kit Kat Chunky in for him. I don't like this thing that he that the the club yeah, twenty twenty four for um for Rob Holding and we have a an option for a year. After that, so we could say it's a 2025. Mad. Um, Cedric, yeah, look, I, I don't like the, the idea that we are even contemplating keeping him around. Some players, you just feel things, right? You just feel something. Tell me, listeners, that when you saw his name on the team sheet up against Son, you didn't panic. And there are certain young players like Sambi, who you know are perfect, but you know are going to go somewhere. And you at least, you know, it's the thing we always talk about. It's the kind of the, the you appreciate they're going to learn from something. That's why everyone hated Mustafi at the end. It's like, he's not going to learn. So why play him? Play a youngster who who might actually learn from these and in the future might not make these mistakes. Cedric isn't going to learn. He's not good enough. You know, yes, he has some decent te- technical side to him on some level. He's all right in the tight spaces, can combine with Erdegaard decently. But other than that, just get, I, I don't get it. Just, we've got, we've got to move same, on from these types of players. We have to. It's the same situation as Eddie. Sometimes you just have to cut, like cut ties and move the fuck on. The only, I think the only reason we would keep him around this summer is because we don't want to have to bring in a second right back. And what we can do is just keep him around in case of a real injury crisis. Because I think if he stays, he doesn't play a lot. I think Arteta is going to prefer playing White or Saliba at right back as a as an analogue to. Tommy Asu rather than Cedric. Um, but uh, I I want him gone. I'm saying sell, but I don't think, I wouldn't be surprised if he stays around for one season as the third choice right back, just in case of an injury crisis. Um, because we might, again, we might not want to rip out a route where we then have to replace one. It's the same thing as Tierney. We don't want to sell a player to then have to shackle ourselves to buying someone when there is such a big job going on to restructure that forward group. That's where the focus is. And maybe that's the only reason he survives this season. Yes, very possibly, very possibly. Um, Okay, let's move on to the midfield group. Dead certs, Thomas Partey staying. Uh, by the way, Saka is put yep. in the midfield group by Arsenal.com. So, yeah. Thomas Partey is staying. Saka is staying. Odegaard staying. Um, then I think there's a conversation about the other four. And now you might have worked out who I haven't put in that group. So this could be controversial. Uh, let's do Xhaka. Depends on incomings, I think, for me. Keep for now, but depends on incomings. If we get Tielemans, I think he can go. I do because I think I, don't. I think I think Sambi can play there. Numbers. I think Sambi can play there, mate, and I think Smith Rowe can play there. Um, yeah, but we've uh, Alex. We've already had this conversation. Mikel wants a squad of twenty-five, 
And that's already difficult enough as it is. And I don't think that there is any value in selling Granit Xhaka this summer. We'll get 15 million from him this for this summer and maybe 10 million next summer. And for, for a year of, for one more year of service, covering a lot of different positions and being able to step up and, and being consistently available and fit. I don't, I don't see the logic in selling him this summer unless we're bringing in two people in the midfield, and I don't think we are. So I, I, I think for this season it's a keep, and then sell him next summer when you're going to bring another midfielder in on top. I hear the numbers argument, but I don't think it should be why you keep a player around. Um, yeah, I mean he's he's good enough to play for one more season though. No, for Granit Xhaka sure, this sure. season wasn't wasn't the reason that we lost out on Champions League football. You know, he did some fucking stupid things this season, like karate kick Diogo Jota in the chest, get himself sent off. But at the end of the day, unless we are going to replace that hole, we leave ourselves in a situation where, again, an injury to Tielemans, we'd rather be playing Xhaka there than we would be playing Sambi there. So I think you keep him around for one more season and move him on next season. I think that's the smart play, especially when you're not talking about a huge drop off in in value. Yeah, I do hear you. I do hear you. I, I maybe it's maybe it's a this season keep, but he's kind of next season. I'm looking at him first out the door. Um, I just maybe it's a kind of the thing with the Inketia thing again of like I just don't want him around because <laughs> he reminds me of the sort of banter era. Do you know what I mean? Uh, well, not quite the banter era, but the last sort of five five years out of the Champions League, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think that's a big thing for him as well, actually, at Arsenal. I think he will probably not want to go until he's got us back in the Champions League because I think it's a real thing for him that he knows he has never played. Uh, or maybe he has played Champions League football, but since he's been in the team, we've never qualified for Champions League football uh, with him in the team. So, okay, keep for now. You convinced me, but I, 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 I don't want him around much longer. Um. El Nenny, we're keeping. <laughs> we don't have a choice. Um, I reckon he'll go next. It's another one where he'll go next summer. Xhaka yeah, so uh, and El Nenny are the training wheels on the bike and they'll come off next summer once we've had an opportunity to restructure a bit more. Yeah. I, I, so I, I who's think next? If you th- I think if you look at that group, just quickly on that, I think if you look at that group and, you, and you're thinking about, okay, so what are we probably going to get this summer? We're probably going to get Tielemans mm-hmm. maybe plus one. Do you know what I mean? Maybe. If we're lucky. Yeah. If, like if we're lucky. It might be a sort of situational thing, but I don't think that that player comes in. If that player comes in, someone like a Xhaka may go, but probably wouldn't because I imagine it'd be later in the window and he probably doesn't want to leave and fine. So then we're looking at a, a sort of core group. I mean, hopefully that central midfield group of Erdegaard, Sambi, Tielemans, plus one potentially, and Partey. And then, if, and then that's heading into the final, uh, sorry, the following as in next summer, 20, uh, summer 2023. If we're adding one to that, we really don't need Jacker and Elneny in that group. So I think you're right. I think oh, they are. I think they are the training wheels. Um, Sambi, keep... I think don't think there's yep. a particular conversation about that. I think I think it's a keep. Um I don't think it's a loan because I think he'll get minutes, especially in the Europa League. Um I think for now it's a it's a keep. Lots to improve on for him, but actually he's looked really good at certain points this season. And I, I remember in preseason he looked really good. 
Um, so it might just be we got used to him with our eyes. But um, yeah. Smith Rowe. Slightly uh, I mean, controversial take. Yes. Slightly controversial take. I, if What's your number for that? Um, 40. Wow. Okay, that's lower than mine. 10, maybe 50. 10 Premier League goals this season. Um, I mean, if a, if a large offer came in, I'd consider it. Um, I wouldn't actively try and sell him, though. He, he's a keep for me. But it, listen, I think the important thing to say is no one is safe. There is no, there is no player in this team that if we did not re- receive a sizable offer for, I would say we have to keep onto them f- for all hell. Maybe Martinelli and Saka are the only two where I'd be like tight. But even then, if you're extracting 120, 130 million pounds worth of value out of that player, you can go and buy Rafinha for 45 million pounds and then have so much money to plug the other holes. Okay, our right winger might not be as good but we would, might have a better picture for it. And now I love Saka and I, I I want him to stay for his whole career. But sometimes we do have to kill those darlings and we we have to be smart about the way that we do things. And getting 120, 130 million pounds worth of value out of a player and being able to bring in three top quality players into the squad with that money would be worth it for me. Because no player, no, no, not not one single player on this earth is worth worth one hundred and twenty five million pounds. Not a single one, one hundred and fifty. N- none of them are. I, I, you can yeah. get output from three players for that money that will cover the output from that one player. I I agree. I agree. I just everyone has their price, right? I do agree with that. I I and tough as it would be to watch a Saka and Martinelli walk if it was for 100 million plus it's like well you know at some point you have to have to just accept it and um but with Smith Rowe I suppose my controversial part is I would keep him but it's kind of a tiny one where it's a keep with a star where I'm really considering offers for sort mm-hmm. of a tiny sort of as I said for sort of beyond 40 million for Smith Rowe sort of beyond 50 55 50, million 60 I'm, I'm looking at i'm looking yeah. at going okay i think as a homegrown player and as a someone on the fringe of the england squad if he especially if he makes it in for the world cup i think it could be could be big for him i'm just not that wedded to him i guess is the point uh i think he's a good player really good player i just don't he's not like irreplaceable in the way that saka feels and he's not irreplaceable no no one's irreplaceable but doesn't feel like the most important part of the team moving forward um yeah could be but yeah that is everyone we've kept 14 we have kept 14 we've loaned two in a conquo entourage and we've sold leno cedric and pepe so that's three it's a lot of work this summer is a lot of work. I mean, I, I think I said on the last podcast, you know, we, we want, especially with five subs, we're going to want a top a first 15. It's probably gone now. We're, we're looking at first 17 um, players who, who are seriously getting a lot of minutes. And, 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 and that can work to some advantage to some degree, but it's a lot of work to get in the quality that we actually need. We wouldn't be in this situation if we hadn't bundled some transfers. Because there are some players that we've 
brought in that we're already saying that we need to get rid of. And that's a problem. You know, deals like Cedric, um, you know, Mari, these, a lot of these players that are out on loan, not getting them out and replacing them in the squad quick enough. You know, we've been building this squad for two and a half, three years. And I remember an article coming out or, a, you know, a quote coming out where it was basically saying that the Cronkies are now considering from now, this is the go out and do it phase rather than the building phase. Whereas when you look at the squad and it still, it still needs so much work doing to it. And I don't think we've done a good enough job at building it over the last two and a half years, especially seeing as we're having to remove some of the cogs that we put in. But for, I think there's nine places. There's nine players that we can get in over the next two seasons that would give us a good quality, healthy 25. And that's very achievable. So... Yeah, over the next couple of years. Hopefully hopefully they can do it. Say we get four or five this summer, we're looking in really good shape and and we'll continue to, and people will move on and stuff, but you know, we, we, we'll, we'll continue to grow those numbers of players that we really feel are the guys. I, I have to say, I always temper my, it's been two and a half years type analysis because unfortunately mistakes like Pepe are still around. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They're still taking, you know, places in the squad. And I'm, you know, I'm not saying mistakes haven't been made by this executive setup. They absolutely have. They absolutely have. Signing Willian, mistake. Uh, Cedric, uh, five-year contract, mistake. But I do think we've been significantly slowed down by a number of long-term stupid decisions that left us in very difficult situations, especially in those early periods of Arteta and Edu's uh, tenure. We're starting to shift those players, the likes of Lacazette, the likes of Aubameyang, et cetera, et cetera. And and those excuses are going, but there's still a few players that I just look at and think, like Leno, not not being able to get much for Leno this summer. I'm just like, well... From about 2018, no, from, no, probably from about 2019 when Unai was going downhill, Leno was never going to sign a new contract. He just wasn't. So what, what, what could we have done in that situation? Given away for free, you know, possibly sold him, but he, we, we needed him. We only got Ramsdale last summer, you know. So, I, 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 I think in every individual case, there's a kind of what could they have done apart from a few. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. It was really interesting. We we keep saying it's a lot to do this summer, but but also it's if we are methodical, careful, and make the right decisions, which is <laughs> all what it's about. It sounds a lot easier than it is. Um, we 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 could be okay, and I I have a feeling we will be. I think the, the early murmurings of the, the the targets make sense. I remember sort of back in sort of 2018, 19, and they're good. You're looking, yeah, they're good players. You're looking at certain players coming in. You go, why on earth are we getting him? And it's, you know, the whim of someone, but it feels like we're slowly uh, planting our feet in the market, which is helpful not only in this this window, but um, in ones to come. Right, Bradley? We've just got time. Alrighty. For a little bit of Arsenal trivia. We didn't get a theme last time, so I've made one up and I'd like one this time, please. Ah. The theme for this week is Arsenal's top goal scorers. And I asked you, how many goals did Robin Van Persie score for Arsenal in 278 appearances? I'll give you between, you can have it over uh, five or under five away, if that makes sense. Uh, Go for it. Okay. 278 appearances. 147. Ooh, not far off. 132. 
132 Oof. goals in 278 appearances. He kind of blossomed at the end. I think he spent a lot of time yeah. behind the likes of Henri. On the treatment table. And on the treatment table. Um, and, you know, behind Eduardo, etc. Real shame. Uh, the theme for this week is internationals. And my question is this. How many non-penalty goals does Harry Kane have against top 10 international sides in competitive matches? So not friendlies. How many non-penalty goals does Harry Kane have against top 10 international sides in competitive matches? It might even be top 15. I haven't checked that. I need to check that. In competitive matches, so not friendlies. And a theme for next week, please. Bramley Apple. I would like an international question, but on an Arsenal player. Well, we've solved Arsenal squad problems. Um, I expect to call in the morning. I actually got a uh, a, a YouTube comment the other day from uh, Williams Bergovic. Williams Bergovic. Spend the money. Meet you, Fellaini. Get your money out, buddy. Uh, I had a comment from someone on YouTube the other day saying Arteta should hire you. And I was like, if you think what I'm saying is what the co- the type of conversations that are happening at a top level football uh, pro- professional football club you are wrong <laughs> sorry i i rate my opinions but no <laughs> like uh, maybe he wasn't serious but I d- it did get me thinking like i i wonder what level of analysis you need to be at like we we probably don't even have a concept of like how detailed this stuff is um, at the top level, like to 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 identify targets, how complicated the transactions are, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, but there you go. It's crazy, Bradley. Pleasure as always. Always, my friend. Thanks for listening to the Different Knock uh, on Arsenal podcast. We appreciate it. So thanks always for listening. Keep it Different Knock, and we'll see you later. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock podcast. Please hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're using. If you'd like to support the show, you can find us on Patreon and buymeacoffee.com, find us on Twitter at DiffKnock, and visit our website, thedifferentknock.com. Thanks. Podcast Network.